Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Powerful Radio with Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here to talk to you today about more relationship issues. So last week when you tuned in, we talked about affairs and why affairs happen. And this week we wanted to do a little bit of talk about um, what to do after the affair, so how to manage and to cope with yourself or the situation after an affair occurs. So if you remember last week, we talked a little bit about um, – the fact that relationships can become vulnerable and have weak spots in them, and many times that's when affairs occur. We talked about the fact that there are three different types of people that have affairs, the ones that go into marriage with, with really no anticipation of being particularly faithful, right. um, the ones that go into a, a relationship with the intention of being faithful, but then something occurs and they find themselves or they or they begin to be a part of betrayal, and then the people that really – they weren't trying to have an affair, but they weren't trying not to have an affair. Right. They're kind of just open, you know, they're kind of looking for excitement. You know, they're not purposely trying to go and cheat on their spouse, but, you know, it's not an active, focused thing for them to stay married and stay faithful. Okay. And so what we wanted to talk about this week is what what happens after the affair? How, how after the affair, excuse me, how do you renew a relationship? How do you terminate a relationship? Just what direction do you go in after an affair? And there's several different ways that one can handle the situation. The first thing is just actually acknowledging for yourself and with your partner that an affair actually occurred. Um, that's a really big deal because many times people come to me and affairs happen and the conversation doesn't happen. Like, it stops. No one really talks about what happened, what went on. And, and what they need to do to move forward. So just acknowledging the affair is um, one of the first steps. So at that point, they're really never really dealing with the offense, not acknowledge something happening. It's kind of they just close their eyes, pick their heads on in the sand, Correct. hope it all goes away. And if a person behaves like that, an affair is almost undoubtedly going to happen again. Right. One, for the person who was the perpetrator, for, for we'll use the word perpetrator, that person, well, nothing ever happened, well, apparently it was no big deal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we have to be careful in situations that that occurs to you that you, I mean, and, and you may not get the resolution you want, but at least confronting the situation that, hey, I'm leaving or I'm staying or whatever, but you've had an affair. The, the next thing is calming the emotional storm. There's a lot of emotion associated with betrayal. There's a lot of emotion on both sides associated with betrayal. The person that's been uh, betrayed is hurt angry, um, often traumatized, often defensive, um, many times will step out and have affairs themselves to get back at uh, the other person. Not that sure. you can actually do that, but a lot of times people want to get back at the person that offended them. Sometimes you find that people just sort of um, melt. They don't know what to do. Right. They they feel like, how did it happen to me? Why me? And so it's important to, to look at the fact when you're calming an emotional storm and you're calming the situation for yourself that you find a safe haven that's within you so that you figure out a way to sort of to muster on, to white-knuckle it forward. Kind of get some uh, normality back in yourself kind of thing. Kind right. of get back to, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm whole, 
you know, I'm not a total broken person. Well, you're moving kind of fast. You're okay. talking about becoming whole again. I'm saying finding a safe place so that that person, that you don't commit suicide, that you don't go out and have another an affair okay, with this someone is else. Really, really right. Okay. This is strictly first step. Correct. Let's just get yourself. So you're not gonna hurt yourself. Hurt somebody else. Correct. Okay. And not even just like. Physically, but let's say a lot of times people come to me after an affair and they have called a job and cursed out all the coworkers. They have gone to the job and broken car windows. They've cursed out the mother-in-law. they beat up the, the, the girlfriend or boyfriend. I mean, they've gone through a lot of detrimental stuff that can cause issues for themselves and for other people. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. The second thing is um, understanding your unfaithful partner. Now, that's really, really important because the issue comes comes to – why did that person have an affair? Now, traditionally, I tell people in my counseling session because they wanted to. I mean, people don't, you don't just mistakenly fall into somebody else's bed or fall into giving information to people that's about your their personal relationship. And, again, an affair is what you decide that it is. If it's, if it's emotional, having an emotional affair or having a physical affair, the effects are generally the same for the person that's been betrayed. So depending on that individual relationship that you're in mm-hmm. what that, what that, or that person is in, what that infidelity means for them, emotionally or physically, whatever the case may be. Correct. Okay. And men and women, when recovery from infidelity for men and women is very, very different. Hmm. Women are tend to easily be traumatized in a relationship because they invest more of themselves in a relationship. That's interesting. Why do you say it like that? So what you're saying is the belief is that a woman, if a husband cheats on a wife, she is more emotionally hurt. Let me reframe it. Okay. Whoever has invested what they consider to be the most is the one that feels emotionally hurt. I can understand that. That makes sense. Let's put it that way. I don't want to. I don't want to be one side okay, and, right, right, and say right. just a woman. But right. whoever has invested what they appear, what they feel like is the most. Right. So it's the person that comes to me and says, Doctor Noel, I've been married to him or her for ten years. I dropped out of college for them. I moved to a new state for them. I had children and, and didn't follow my dreams for them. I paid for this. Their mother lived with me. I paid for their other kids to go to college. I mean, all of these things. Postpone their personal dreams. Absolutely. Um, so, okay, so I gave all for this. Got Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Sure. And when a person gives all, they often feel like, how dare you? Sure. Like, you know, I'm not like the other women. I did more. I'm not like the other guys. I put up with your you being mean or whatever because I cared about you, and this is the the response I get. Sure. This is what I get out of the situation. Sure. That person feels pretty vulnerable. Versus someone who really never invested 100%, always is like, hey, I got something on the side. I got separate. But not even something on the side. Some people have a way to be emotionally nice. And I'm not seeing someone, a, a, a personal side. I don't got a separate case. I'm always, I got a safety net. Just in case you d- decide to do this, I was emotionally ready. So I never really gave all. I never, I still had some walls up, some, some uh, inner self that was still protected, still had. So I had a safety net for myself emotionally and otherwise. Right, right. Okay. Right. And 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 generally, again, I, I said at first that women, but but I think a lot of a lot of people feel like women are more giving in relationships than men. That's why I made the comment that women tend to invest more emotionally. But that's a, that's an unfair statement. I agree, it's an unfair statement. I believe what? That's an unfair statement. I believe that both genders in a relationship can contribute a lot. Absolutely. Now, now that's the person that's been betrayed. For the betrayer, many times after an affair, they're also upset. That oh my goodness, I didn't think that that was who I would be. Also, oh, they're not they're they're upset at themselves. Correct. Okay. Correct. 
feel shame, yep. embarrassment. Uh, and sometimes they can be a third partner. I wouldn't have cheated if you had done X, Y, Z. <laughs> I mean, so well, it's... Putting blame on, right. on the spouse. Right. Okay. And sometimes there is some validity in that, and we'll get to self-awareness a little bit later because when, when a relationship dissolves to the point where a person feels comfortable to step out, one has both parties have to be accountable for their part in that. So the person who was cheated on has to take accountability in their relate in in that too. Is what you're saying? Absolutely, because there's many people that come to me for therapy and they notice signals that an affair was happening and they ignored it. You have to take okay. accountability for you notice that large chunks of money are leaving the comp- the bank account, right? And you're not asking why. He tells you he's going on a business trip, but he only takes golfing shirts. Um, she tells you she is doing X, and you know she's doing Y, but you hide your head in the sand. Or that person that says, well, men always cheat or women are never satisfied. And so you use that as a way to allow them to do something that you don't hold them accountable for. Okay. Okay. So that's what I mean about being aware. Okay. Another thing is knowing that your spouse or partner needs something and refusing to give it to them can also push people or give them a vulnerability. So it's not about, like, I... It's, I have never heard of a case where someone puts a gun in somebody's head and says, you go have an affair. That's not what I mean. That's pushing that person out to a Absolutely. I mean, they're asking for communication, asking for, for sex, and, and that person is, whatever reason, holding out on it. Correct. You know, I have no time for you. I'm not willing to talk to you. I'm not willing to uh, engage with you in an emotional conversation that you need to have to talk about work issues, have sex, whatever it is. That person is not willing to do that. And like, hey, right. this person needs this from their spouse. Their spouse, for whatever reason, refuses to give it. Correct. It needs to be filled somewhere else. Correct. Okay. And when that happens, then that person has, a, like, just a nick. It's kind of like, um, you know, you're driving down the expressway and a little a rock hits your windshield and it makes it just a little bit more vulnerable for the next rock, and then sooner or later you've got a, a crack in your windshield. Okay. I can understand. That. that kind of a thing. Sure. Okay. So, so again, calming emotional storm, finding a safe haven for yourself. The next thing is understanding your unfaithful partner and kind of figuring out why why did this actually happen for you in your relationship. So some things about your partner's character, some things about the security in your relationship, some things about your own self-confidence, some things about your perception of reality. That's really big. Your perception of reality is Really, really big. Now, let me give you a book, uh, the title of one of the books I'm getting some of the information from. There's several books we're going to use today. One of them is called Transcending Post-Infidelity Stress Disorder, The Six Stages of Healing, and that's by Dr. Dennis Ortman, O-R-T-M-A-N. The next book is called The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work by Dr. John Gottsman. The next one is The Five Love Languages by Gary Chapman. The next one is... um, Ten Stupid Things Couples Do to Mess Up Their Relationships by Dr. Laura Schlesinger. So so those are just some of the books that we'll be getting some data from, and you should definitely go out and get these if this is something that you're facing. And then let me also say that if this is, um, you know, lots of situations happen to couples and they feel like they don't want to go out and talk to somebody, but I'm going to encourage you to get get out somewhere if, this is the, if infidelity has occurred for you and talk to someone. And that's whether it's emotional infidelity or sexual infidelity. When you say talk to someone, you mean professionally? A professional. In other words, call my office. Okay. In other words, call my office or some other clinician. I'm not going to say that I'm the only one that can see couples, but call my office or another office and and have a conversation with someone about the infidelity in your relationship so that this doesn't occur again. So not necessarily going out to your best friend, to your coworkers at work. And there are some people that say 
that, hey, I was talking to my sister about it or my um, coworkers about it or my mom about it, and this is what she said. But in the situation where an affair has occurred and one has not decided if they're going to stay or go, you do not want to give the data out until you've made a decision because here's the problem. If you stay with Susie Snowflake or Bobby Blue Band or whatever, if you stay with them, and you have told everybody but people that don't have ears that an affair has occurred, they can't get around it. Right. They always remember that, that, oh, Bobby, she's on Susie. So when they're at the family reunion or, or hanging out, he's known he's a cheater. And let me say this. There are so many, so many couples come to me and they say, Dr. Noel, see, you, you don't want me to talk to my family, but my family is my support system, and I just keep it real. Your family is not married to you. Right. Thank and you. so if you're not keeping a bubble around your relationship just for the protect, because here's the other thing that happens. Maybe they don't they don't um, villainize the person that has the affair. Maybe they think you're stupid for saying. But they then know. they keep telling you you're stupid and your ego won't let you stay, and then you end up leaving a relationship that you never wanted to leave. Right, So because that person made the decision to stay. They wanted to make the marriage work after the infidelity but the environment around them, their family Correct. and friends that, you, that that person shared the information with Correct. won't let them stay in peace. And there's something about that suggestion that makes couples feel like, Dr. Noel, you don't want me to tell my mama? Right. Absolutely not, <laughs> because your mama will never forget. Right. And maybe one day it's an argument going on and your husband eats the turkey and says that it's tough and it's not as tender as it was last year, and your mom says, was it tender when Susie was doing X, Y, Z? Right. Oh, absolutely. Especially now, what if, if, a, if a daughter got cheated on and she tells her daddy, there's going to be some problems in there. Absolutely. But I want to stay with him, daddy. Oh, is that right? Because daddy might have a conversation. That's his little girl. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, now let me say this. This is barring that there's been no physicalities where you've been, a person's been beaten or abused yeah. or threatened. Yeah. I'm not saying if he threatens to kill you or something of that nature, not right, to talk. Right, right. That you definitely talk about. But if you found out he stepped out and you're staying, then what? what is the discussion with everybody else? About? The, other, the flip side of all that you mentioned, though, is if you were deciding to leave, okay, you want, I would say well, you want to communicate that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're, we're getting divorced, separating, whatever the case may be, because then your family needs to know that so they're not putting harm's way. Hey, you're not with this person, and they come, let's say you plan on getting divorced, and the husband comes along before you communicate that or spouse, whatever the case may Correct. be. Say, oh, I need to borrow thousand dollars of parent in laws or ten thousand dollars because me and, and the wife need some information or we need to to do some bills or something like that. The, the relationship was severed. They need to know that so they, he's not part of the family unit anymore. Right. Okay. Right. So they he, they need to be aware of that. Absolutely. So that's all part of um, understanding your unfaithful partner and deciding kind of you know which well not deciding yet but making sure that you're protecting yourself and your circle. Yep. Um, also with understanding your unfaithful partner, that gives you the chance to relieve self blame, um, so you don't have to feel so negative like I did something that made him or her do this, and you can sort of figure out that that person made a choice. I might have set away, but that person made a choice. Right. You can also. Um, Make sense of your world again. Like a lot of times an affair makes people feel very unstable, just very, very unstable, and they don't know which direction to go. Sure. I mean, the marriage is a key part of the foundation of who that person is, right? Absolutely. So it's a family unit, someone that they're sharing their life with. It, this is who I am. And that part of that has been shattered. It can throw somebody into turvy and really throw things out of course. Absolutely. They have, they have to kind of ground themselves. 
The next thing you can do when you understand your partner is give up the grudge. This is really big, to give up the grudge against your partner. And that could be a long process. I have no idea how long that's going to take for people. It can be a really long process to not hold a grudge against the person that had that, that was unfaithful to you. Sure. And a lot, And let me be really clear. Sometimes people come to me and they say, Dr. Noah, all I did was, Send a picture of my genitals to the girl or the guy. But all I did was, you know, we shared a cup of coffee at lunch, and I didn't tell my wife or myself, is that stepping out? All we did at work was have conversations. But if your partner perceives it to be infidelity, then it's infidelity. Yes. Because the perception is the reality. Right. Because for that person, that that step that that person took was considered infidelity. Like you said, like we talked about, every relationship is a little bit different. So what Absolutely. that infidelity is to that that end of that marriage is going to be specific to that marriage. So if that person held hands or whatever the case would be, would have would have. No, else. okay, I don't want to go that far. I don't want to I say. Do. I don't want to. No, 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 with another guy's hand. What are you? What are you doing? Wait, 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 wait. What, what is going on here? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. How long have you been married? Sixteen years. Have yeah. I ever held another dude's hand? I'm talking about hands. No. Now. Okay. I'm talking about hand holding, taking a stroll through the park. What's going on here? I mean, well, come, everybody knows a stroll through oh. the park is inappropriate. I'm not talking about holding. I'm not talking about a handshake. Only like a hand, hand. Or like, let me, let me see, let me see a vagina. I won't touch it. That's, <laughs> come on. That's the. <laughs> Okay, but you all decide what that is. Yeah, I don't want to make light of it. The next thing to understand your partner is to begin an honest self-examination. So this is really important. When relationships, when someone has an affair or, or a relationship dissolves, both partners have to look at themselves and see where the mistakes were made and what lessons need to be learned. Mm. That is so big. So many people say, come and say, Dr. Noah, I was not wrong in this. I was Mother Teresa and he was Satan. And or I was perfect, Dr. Noel. Most people want a man like me, and she had horns coming out of her head, and right. that's why it didn't work. But even if it's just that you married the wrong person, mm-hmm. you have some awareness. You've got, you've got to get aware of those things. Yeah, learn something from it. Absolutely. Yeah, so we got to have self-awareness. And so I always tell people, if the, if the only mistake was you did the whole marriage perfect, but you married the wrong person, you still need to be accountable for that so that the next go-round in a relationship doesn't end up with the same thing. Well, let me ask you, do you think most people who, who have been uh, cheated on are looking for 100% blame on another person, on their spouse? Like, everything's all that person's fault without looking, like, for a 90-10? Yeah, I don't think most people are looking for 100% blame on somebody else. Okay. But, but in order to, I mean, people fall into two categories, blame them, blame yourself, or blame everybody. Okay. okay. You know what I mean? Like, blame them three. Blame them, blame yourself, blame everybody. You okay. know what I mean? Or blame nobody and act like it didn't happen. And how many times have I had couples come in and say, well, my husband's always been sleeping with other women. This isn't the first woman he cheated on me with, but this woman he got feelings for, so this is adultery. And I'm looking at her like, what? Like, <laughs> right. so how would he know the difference? Right. I right. mean, like, so he can have sex with everybody. How, I mean, like, which one is the problem? And right. she'll say one. the one that he started caring about. You know, so... So, again, that's marrying the wrong person, or that's that person who knows that there's infidelity but doesn't. So there's levels of infidelity, A, where it's somebody you don't know, right. B, where it's somebody you do know, and C, when everybody knows. You know what I mean? Like, yes, we have to, so, again, that's something you have to be aware of because if you tell your spouse that it's okay for you to have an affair, even if you don't say it out loud but you stand by your behaviors, right. then they get the message. Right, the message is clear. 
that spouse doesn't care about it, they're going to continue doing what they're doing. Right. They must be okay with this. Everybody can read free crab tomorrow at Joe's Crab Shack, right? So everybody shows up tomorrow, right? I mean, people can get the message, so be careful with that. Um, the last thing is to grow some wisdom. They, they don't do that anymore. No, they don't do that anymore because they got sued about that. Okay. So and then so then growing some wisdom and getting some understanding from from what occurred. The next thing is after you get some self understanding, making a wise decision, and that's sort of to be or not to be with the person that that was unfaithful. So and, making that that final decision that we're going to make a. Uh, redo it, let's, or continue on and make it right and continue on, or we're going to cut cut bait and just, and just move ahead. Just stop it here and just decide to do something. And I am going to say that is, the, that is probably where in therapy we spend a lot of time. Mm, because in okay. the very beginning people are angry and they automatically want to go. I've even had people come in who they've been the ones that perpetrate an affair, but they're suicidal because they felt like, I can't believe I wrecked my relationship. Wow. I want you to keep me, I want you to keep me. And then Sometimes the other partner's like, I want you to leave, I want you to leave. And people can get stuck right there. Okay. Because what happens is, so let's say you've got two children together, she's a stay-at-home mom, you need her. You need his income to eat, but you need her at home with the kids to make it work. Um, you know, you, you, you're in school or something, you, you're dependent on one another. Right. That's what marriage is about. And once that happens, it's not so easy to just cut bait and walk out. Like a lot of people say, well, that's, if someone complete, has an affair on me, I'm out. But can you leave financially? Logistically, okay, that sounds good. You know, we're just saying it. When we look at a paper, how is this going to work? So if, if a woman has been home from work for 10 years with the kids and she's supposed to go out and get a job, that's a big decision. Big decision, right. And doing what? Doing what? Who's going to take care of the kids, the cost of the, the babysitters mm-hmm. now? All these things that are Then self-esteem goes down, and, and, and you know, self-esteem goes down, and then people think, well, if, if he would do it and I trusted him, what's to stop somebody else from doing it? Right. That, they, they can say they were back for 20 years. Mm-hmm. This person since high school, since college, to now I'm going to meet a stranger like that at this point and trust that person. And do what? And do what? When I do this person, we grew up together, you know, that kind of thing. Then, of course, you've got kids, and kids, you know, a I'm not saying people should stay married for kids, but kids do have feelings. So a lot of times kids will say, Mom and Dad, can't you just stay together? Right. Because at, like, 9 and 10, they don't fully understand what it means that Daddy has a girlfriend. I mean, you no, know, like, absolutely. that's not, or, or that Mommy has a dip-off. Well, that's a good question. Let me ask it. How, how should you uh, include or not include the children in this decision to stay or not stay? Well, there's a couple of things. Sometimes affairs happen where the kids are included, where, like, um, little Susie comes home to pick up her book bag. Mom says, go in the house and get it real quick and come back out. Right. She comes home, and she hears moaning and groaning and looks down and sees her dad on top of another woman. Do you don't want to be involved. Right. They're involved in that. Okay. Um, the other thing is if an affair is not something that the kids know about, but a divorce comes up, right? Mm-hmm. What, what do, okay. you, do you tell your kids? Well, I'm leaving Daddy, or I'm leaving Mommy because she was having sex with the neighbor, and that's why we're not going to be together anymore. Okay, Bobby? I mean, that's kind of a deep conversation. So, again, this is another reason I think folks need a third party, because you need some help deciding what information you want to give your children. Do you think people should, I don't know if they do or not, do you think they should ask children for their opinion? 
Um, you know, in our house, our daughter has an opinion over herself, but not about what we do. And I, and I just feel like children's opinions are that, children's opinions. And I have so many people that come to me and say, my 12-year-old is very mature for her age. Okay, so what, she thinks like a 15-year-old? <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, so I I don't take a lot of, I, I say no to taking an opinion of a child. Okay. Because children, like I've had children counsel their parents to get a divorce. Well, they might not understand that that means moving to a one-bedroom shack. Right. Well, dad moves to a mansion in the sky because he only has to give mommy 20% of the income, and mommy only knows how to type. Maybe she doesn't have a degree or a skill that she can. I mean, she may have great skills, but the skills she has may not be what they pay for. Then the kids want to know, well, how come I can't do this? How come I can't right. do these kids? How come I, right. I got to drop all these activities? Well, this is right. a decision that you made. Well, I'm only right. 12. And I've had people come to me and say, well, I'm staying with my husband because my, my six-year-old said that they thought it was best. Like, really? Which one right. of you are a six? So, yes, I want you to consider the effect of leaving your partner, what that would have on your children, but I don't think that it's, it's very prudent to sit down and ask a child, even your adult child. That's another thing I've seen where adults, okay. you know, your your parents are 65, somebody has an affair, and then your 40-year-old says, Mom, if I were you, this is what I would do. Right. Really? You don't have really no say in what's with the No, that. because the thing is, is no child, no, I don't care how much arguments or fights they've seen, no child knows the fullness of your relationship as an adult. At the end of the day, it's really that spouse's decision of what they're going to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then in order to make the decision to say or go, you have to look at what your values are. What are your values? I mean, is this something that you think is morally wrong to leave? Do you think you have moral standing to go? Um, outside of finances, do you still love this person? Um you know, you have to sort of decide. And here's the other thing. Just because you're making a decision, your your spouse is also making a decision. The one who cheated. Yeah. Okay. Do they stay or go? Because some people don't want to get caught, but then when they do get caught, it's a relief. Like, great. Right. You know? They really want to right. They know how to say right. it. They, uh, whatever it is. Right. I want out, Susie. I want out, Bob. And so this is the way out. Right. And so and some people, I've actually known people that have affairs just because they want um, to get out. They want to get out. Okay. Right, and they and they want to figure out they don't have a way out. They don't have a valid reason, but they just don't want to be with that person anymore. Wow. Okay. So, you know, when you're making a decision, you have to make it on what's best for you, but also what's best for the relationship because, I, don't, I mean, usually if a person has an affair and does not have a consequence, they will have another affair. Okay. And I don't mean, like, go in and cut your husband's finger off or go beat up the lady, but you all have to, you know, the next step would have to be counseling, whether it's done at your church, whether it's done with a therapist, you really need some additional support in the moving forward in this in that step of what to do. Okay. Okay. The next step is embracing self-forgiveness, which is really, really big. Embracing forgiveness is about forgiving yourself for even being caught up um, in the infidelity or the, or the person who's, who's been cheated on. Correct. How in the world are going to get in this situation the, the, from that standpoint? Uh, maybe maybe think I never should have married this person, you know, with a sign before. It could be, from that standpoint, of really looking at it like, wow, you know, I messed up really. Let me read this quote from Dr. Dennis Ortman's book, um, Transcending Post-Infidelity Stress Disorder. It says, if you pay close attention and take an honest look at yourself, you may well observe that you are waging a war on two fronts. You fight with your partner who has hurt and betrayed you, trying to heal the wound in the relationship, establish intimacy, and rebuild trust. You also battle within yourself, a conflict between powerful and conflicting thoughts and feelings. The struggle with self-blame, internalizing the anger you feel about the betrayal, highlights the inner battle. 
So there's always some self-blame. Mm, okay. Even from my clients that come in and say, I don't blame myself. So there's some blame in there right there. Even if they don't admit it. Even if they don't admit it. Because one always has to say, even if there's a car accident, everybody says, uh-oh, did I do something here? Right. Even that person got hit with the car, like, man, did I, did I run some lines? Did I not use a, a flash or something like was that? Was I texting? Was right. I not? Right. You know, and so you have you start asking yourself, did I not have enough sex with him or her? Mm. Did I did I not make enough money? Was I Did I not take a shower every day? I should have, like, whatever the things are that you think. Could have happened. Cook like a wine and clean up enough, right. whatever. Right. So one also always has a little bit of blame. So you're fighting yourself and you're fighting with yourself. Now, here's the other part. If you tell people, now you've got their voice in your head, too. Ooh. What you going to do, girl? Hard to yeah, I saw him. You know, I knew he was a cheater when he first wore those red shoes, you know, whatever people say. So you don't want to get, you've already got two battles going on. You don't want to get battles from, from all around. So after it's great. The next thing, and here's a big thing, this is even whether or not you decide to stay or go, forgiving your unfaithful partner. Wow. Yeah, that's a big step. That's a big because step. you don't want to hold on to the rate. You don't want to be, you know how people say, um, he comes bitter, to, oh, she's bitter, you know, you know, right. or she's this angry, bitter woman. Right. You don't want to be that angry, bitter woman that never really got over it, like it just kept going on and you never dealt with kind of the fact that it occurred. Um, you didn't prevent it, couldn't have prevented it, even if you could have for whatever reason you didn't do what it took. You don't want to be that chick that for the rest of your life you're angry at somebody else or that guy that doesn't want to get married again because you were hurt so bad. Right. So you whether you say like whether you want to stay or leave, you need to get over it, forgive that person. I'm not saying get like over, over it, I'm just saying forgive that person. Okay. Because sometimes betrayal is something that you can't you can't get over. I mean, when I say get over, I mean, sometimes things are still going to come up. Okay. Things are still going to come up. So even if you stay with the person that had infidelity, that's not to say you're not going to ever check Facebook on them again. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's not to say that you're not going to ever question if they get a midnight text and don't, right. you know. Who's that? Right. Right. It's not to say if you know the three cell phones, you're not going to ask, well, the one's for work, one's personal, what's the, what's the third phone? Right. You know, you're still going to have to, but being able to realize that, if you're going to stay or even if you're leaving, that you've got to let go of the anger. Okay, well, great. You know, so, guys, thanks for tuning in. There's lots more we could go over, but we've only got a few seconds left. So we're going to thank everybody for calling in, and we'll see you next week, same time, same place. Have a great week. Bye. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.